Hello, welcome to another podcast from MLEX associated with our best of series of articles showcasing our best writing and reporting from 2016. My name is James Panicki. I'm the Brussels Managing Editor here at MLEX. And today we're reviewing a fine piece of writing by two members of our Brussels antitrust team. Lewis Crofts is our Chief Correspondent on Competition. Matthew Newman is Senior Correspondent for Antitrust and Merger Regulation. That's a whole lot of seniority squeezed into one very small room. Hello, Matthew and Lewis. Lewis. Hello. Hello. Now, the uh, comment piece we're talking about today focused on Margrethe Vestager, the EU's competition commissioner, and I enjoyed this piece because you were able to delve into the personal a little more than we usually get to do here at MLEX. The thesis of the article is this. In everything Vestager does, in all of her decisions, the decisions that she has to make on a day-to-day basis, uh, her worldview comes to the fore, and it's a worldview which revolves around the notion of fairness. Now, Matthew, what are we talking when we say fairness in this context? We're we're talking about her overarching view of fairness in uh, her background. If you look at her background of being the daughter of two pastors, Lutheran pastors, she made these comments in a speech, uh, and the speech was in the context of celebrating Martin Luther. And what we found interesting about it is that there's been a lot of discussion about what competition policy means overall in politics. Uh, is it too political? Is it not political enough? And she's clearly come down on the side that fairness for her means that companies must behave in a fair way, uh, and that could be with taxation. So she's had the big cases against multinationals. That could be with uh, cartels, where you know obviously it's illegal, or it could be with antitrust, like Google, where you know are you being uh, acting unfairly towards your rivals and squeezing them out of the market. Well, an outsider would see all of this as quite normal in the sense that an outsider would say, well, what's wrong with fairness? I mean, this is, in a way, transcends her Lutheran background. You know, she's just a Scandinavian woman talking about fairness. There's nothing inherently unusual about that. I mean, Lewis, what do you think the, the, the issue is with, with the discussion of fairness in this context? There's nothing unusual about it. You're right. But um, co- competition policy has traditionally been seen as an economic tool, as an economic policy tool. What is the aim of competition policy? Many would say was efficient markets and efficient use of resources. And when you come in with fairness, which has a social or a moral angle to it, it gets a lot of the old guard of competition policy a bit spooked that suddenly there's a new measuring stick. Um, arguably, it's not a new measuring stick. Fairness has been, it's in the treaties, unfair trading practices, unfair prices, it's all there. But business is unfair. Mm. You know, people go out of business, people lose out contracts, people, you know, um, manage to come up with better products that force out worse products. Business is naturally unfair. So, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's the natural cycle. Um, so when you come in with this concept, which sounds like a new concept, I think it gets people a bit spooked. And is there anything that uh, we need to read into that in the sense that she's obviously quoted the, the 1524 pamphlet by Ma- uh, Martin Luther, which refers to monopolies. Now, she's obviously got a problem with that. But as long as we're talking about monopolies, 
uh, we're on pretty safe territory in the sense that if we judge fairness on the grounds of you know being against monopolies, well then that's that's fine. That 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 part of of, of what she said recently was not necessarily controversial, was it? No. Absolutely not, because uh, there's nothing illegal about having a monopoly. It's the abuse of a monopoly position. Now, what what we find in in our reporting on almost on a regular basis is that people love to bash big companies because they're everywhere and they seem to be all-encompassing. In France in particular, there's the mantra against uh, GAFA, mm. uh, which is a, it's a bizarre concept for most people, but it stands for Google, um, Amazon, Facebook, and Apple. And you know, once you evoke ga- GAFA, you start to say, oh, well, it's, it's against monopolies in general. Mm. And the commission, competition authorities, should do something against these big companies just because they're, they're big. big. Yeah. And that's absolutely not what competition mm. law is about. It's about policing to make sure that these big companies act mm. fairly and they have, an, under EU law, a certain responsibility mm. to act in a decent way toward vis-a-vis their competitors. Uh, they can't go over certain... Uh, they can't behave like... Uh, in the pamphlets, interesting, it's mentioned as predatory pricing. You know, thou shalt not uh, undercut your uh, competitors. Yeah, that's right there in the case law. That's, there's no problem with that. Uh, what, what's interesting is evoking this idea that uh, competition uh, should be against big companies just for the sake of being yes. big. Yeah, th- that's right. And this is particularly controversial, isn't it, Lewis, because really the big companies that we've, we tend to list are American big companies. And this then uh, brings us back to the usual paradigm of whether or not uh, Veste has been uh, tougher with Americans and she is uh, with, with European companies. So we sort of move away from her uh, Lutheran background into something slightly more political than that, and that is whether or not the Europeans hate the Americans when it comes to big companies. Yeah, that's that's always going to be um, sort of haunting this particular policy area because in tech, all the big companies are, are U.S. companies, and in tech, um, you know, in technology markets, the markets have the propensity to be dominate or created and dominated very very quickly, and that's where enforcers have the the, the biggest struggle to work out what the right moment is to intervene, and that intervention is often against American companies. But what I'd say with 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 fairness is. Um, and American companies, Apple is probably the big the big tax case is the one which has caught the the uh, the headlines. And in there, the commissioner talks about you know uh, companies paying a fair share of tax or their fair share of tax, and that's and, and that's mission people. creep. That that's what like, many people are arguing. That that's, that's what they say yep. is that if you are you, these are not um, antitrust yep. laws, but mm-hmm. laws against um, public um, public support. Yep. And there it is to do with whether the support unfairly props up a company or unfairly. Uh, gives a, a selective advantage to one company over another. In this case, Apple's getting something, another Irish company um, isn't. And um, many people would argue that um, EU uh, regulation in this area is about stopping that subsidy happening, but it's not about making people pay a fair share of their tax. Although, I mean, the, the rhetoric coming from the Commission itself is a little bit uh, controversial in the sense that uh, Jean-Claude Juncker, the uh, Commission president, said that... Uh, simply acknowledged uh, recent comments from Vestaya and said, look, this is the, sh- the social side of competition policy. So there seems to be a sense from the regulators that, that they are comfortable with the idea of, of a, a kind of more uh, sort of a, a socially based 
competition policy. We have to look at uh, where Juncker's worldview is. He's European People's Party. He's Christian Democrat. Uh, these people uh, usually don't have any problem with saying we are supporting a you know, moral standard, a moral view on all our policies. Yeah, yeah, but why it's surprising in Juncker's case is that he's also the former Prime Minister of Luxembourg, and Luxembourg's been on the receiving end of these these uh, the, these taxation uh, arguments on the part of the Commission. So, I mean, should we be surprised with him um, embracing this kind of social notion or not? Um, I'm not terribly surprised. I think it's politically very expedient. No. Uh, if you look at the where the political winds. Uh, we don't have big support for competition policy. A lot of people in Europe are, are very wary of you know, people being cracking down on um, on companies, and I th I think that Juncker might be just picking up on that and say, you know, look, we uh, mm. you know, competition policy has to be sold, and and if you look at Vestager, uh, she goes around constantly trying to sell this idea to skeptical people about uh, competition policy in general. And she does it well in the sense that she's a very popular um, commissioner, isn't she? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think the genius of this is it's not in substance, there's nothing new. As we've explained, fairness has been around since Martin Luther and it's in the treaties. It's the narrative and it's a narrative which manages to capture the outcomes of competition policy. Competition policy does make markets more efficient, but what are more efficient markets? They're fairer markets. And what it's doing is it's not necessarily a debate within competition policy about what its aims. It's reconciling competition policy with its public role. Hence, you've got Juncker saying it's acknowledging the social side. At a time when saying more efficient markets... Um, that as a mantra is not something like to make you too many fans. You've seen the general pro-protectionist um, uh, feelings out there. But it's very, very difficult to say a bad word about anything which is fairer. It's quite easy to say, oh, this is just making you know, the rich or the bigger companies better off, or this is unfairly wielding against mm -hmm. American companies. Saying something is fairer is very, very difficult to argue. So, I mean, we're, we're being super cynical here, but is this all a sales pitch in, in that case? I mean, we've brought in the Protestant Reformation. Maybe she doesn't believe it. I mean, maybe she doesn't, maybe, maybe her cultural background is not. Uh, influencing her uh, stance on these things. Maybe it's all about selling a message. I don't think, I mean, if, if, a, if a commissioner has one job, it's about selling their policy portfolio. And she does it well. And with fairness, she's found a, a, a mantra, a catch-all term, a leitmotif, which works and which gets it, gets the enforcement, sometimes quite arcane enforcement tools, state aid law or, or, or you know, agreement, vertical agreements about processing. It gets it right there to the public. Yeah. And I don't think it's new, but I think that you, you look at her predecessors and they haven't had such a strong message. You look at, you know, Almunia which, and Crows, who are the two predecessors talking more about you know, hitting the big bad companies or talking more about trying to get stability post-financial crisis. There wasn't something, a, a strong leitmotif, which emerged, which could really sell it to the public. Even if it means bringing Martin Luther to the table, and I, I, I bring this issue up in a way because when we were talking about writing the piece that you ended up writing, uh, you, as the token Frenchman of the office, uh, Matthew, should specify that in spite of your American accent, you're very much a French citizen. You were puzzled by this in the sense that in a French context to bring your religious background so prominently to the fore 
would clash with the notion of the, the much treasured French belief in, uh, in, in secularism, in laicite. So that was obviously something that you didn't feel entirely comfortable with, did you? Well, we looked at it and we, like, we couldn't believe that she was being so outspoken um, and mm. just so religious. Well, where is this coming from? And then when we, we, we thought initially this is, this is a real outlier speech, we've got to do something with it. Uh, and, and I think it's one of these opportunities uh, to look into the, the, the whole personality behind it. And as Lewis was saying, is that she's done very well selling all this stuff. And from the French point of view, um, I think it's this, this notion of concurrence déloyale. That's the translation. Well, well, let's talk about that, because at, in, in fact, it's the same in Italian. It's concurrenza sleale. So it's, it's not the same thing, is it? No. Let, let's translate that. I mean, how do you translate that literally? Well, um, I mean, it's... It's, uh, it's, it's not it, unfair advantage. It's not unfair competition. It is disloyal competition. Disloyal, and, and it's actually it's a, it's a weird word in English, disloyal. What, what, is, what are you mm. getting at? I mean, are you supposed to be loyal to your competitors? Or are, is this all one big group? And then if someone does something that's really, you know, screwing things up for mm. the whole market, that's, that's bad for certain yep. businesses... Or, or is it just really cutthroat, kind of an Anglo-Saxon view? Yeah. You know, if you if you don't make it, that's that's the, the law of the, the market, the law of business. And and French people, I think, have a hard time with this idea of competition leading to oh God forbid, mm. job losses, people losing their jobs, companies mm. shutting down. That's very very hard. And and state aid yeah. is exceptionally popular in France. <laughs> in France, yes, yes, yes very and, much And so. they think, like, well, why shouldn't we yes. be supporting our companies? It's just, it goes without saying. Yes. Was she pushing back? I mean, Lewis, was she pushing back you uh, against you Anglo-Saxons who are trying to thrust your idea of competition and, and sort of the impartiality of those the decision-making process down the throat of the many Europeans who are not ready for it? No, I don't, I don't think so at all. I think, actually, she was... Um, reconciling the Anglo-Saxon approach, which can be seen as too capitalistic, too market-friendly or, or market-obsessed, and reconciling that with the public that doesn't understand these, you know, the, the, the sort of what the beating heart of competition policy is, which should be efficient markets. If you look back at the previous commissioner, he would always talk about efficient markets. Just to come back to the religious aspect, I mean, I think it's we need to be careful not to go over the top on it because the speech was at, I think it was an award ceremony under the auspices of the Martin Luther Federational Foundation. Yeah, so, so she was always going to draw yeah. that thread, wasn't she? Uh, but it is surprising. I mean, I remember as a Brit, uh, Tony Blair spokesperson saying, um, we don't do religion. So and that's even Tony Blair, one of the more religious leaders mm. which Britain's had, saying, you know, we simply will not, will not go there. Um, in, in public discourse. And, and, and this is in a country where the head of state is the head of the Anglican church. So, I mean, <laughs> that's even more amazing in a way. But exactly. And I think, you know, you need to look at fairness there. The externalities of it might, yeah. or, or, how do I say this, it might fit with certain religious credo. But it's, there's something very secular about the freedom to compete, um, the freedom of opportunity, equality of opportunity. And just to sort of speak in defence of the European Commission, the European Commission, one, one of their terms they use all the time, ad nauseam, is level playing field. And it's a horrible phrase that kind of means everything and kind of means nothing. And as journalists, we're sick to the back teeth of writing it down. Level playing field, you know, take it one step further. It's fairness. That's what it's about. Everyone having the right to compete. And whether that's be trying to stop Apple 
uh, or any other large multinational getting a tax break which puts them an advantage to you, whether it's cartelists who are stiffing you on prices, whether it's a monopolist refusing to supply you. It's all about having an equal opportunity, a level playing field, and what better word to catch those concepts than fairness. Lewis and Matthew, thank you very much for this. It's not often that we get to talk about uh, these things and wax philosophical here at uh, MLEC, so it was great fun doing it this time. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Lewis Crofts and Matthew Newman cover competition and related regulatory issues from the Brussels Bureau of MLEX. The article we've been talking about is titled Vestager's Fairness Mantra Rattles Through EU Competition Law. And if you're listening to this podcast, you no doubt have the article in front of you. So please read it if you haven't done so already. I'm James Paniki. Thanks for listening. Bye.